Exploring the Word of God together allows us to share in the joy that comes from discovering the words of hope and salvation which overflow from our Bibles. Upper Room Media presents to you this educational, enlightening and entertaining Bible study. Prepare to be transformed. All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. All right, so now we're going to get into chapter what? Chapter 9. Perfect. All right, so let's read the first seven verses. Okay? As he passed by, he saw a man blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night comes when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. As he said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the man's eyes with the clay, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. All right. So it might be a little different from the translation you have because I was reading from the Revised Standard Version. But I, I think it's a lot more accurate, especially in this little section. But anyways, <clears throat> we see that this is connected to what just happened in the end of chapter 8. Okay? Because the conclusion of that whole account was Christ addressing the people on the Sabbath, right? And he's telling them about how he is the light of the world. And he's telling them about how um, before Abraham was, I am, right? He's telling them that he is the Messiah, right? Like the fulfillment of what they were anticipating throughout this, this feast that they're celebrating, the Feast of Booths. Right? And this all happens in the pinnacle of this feast, which is on like the finale. Right? So this is connected to that. That's why the section starts out saying, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from his birth. So don't separate chapter 8 from chapter 9. And don't forget, too, all of these chapter breaks are all editorial, right? Like the chapter numbers, the verse numbers. These are uh, editorial tools that were put into the scriptures um, much, much, much later, centuries later after the scriptures were written. Okay? So this is probably sometime in the evening on the same day, the, the, the Sabbath. Right? So just to give you an idea of the setting. Now, to say this man was blind from his birth <clears throat> doesn't mean that he just had a vision impairment. You know, if like your vision is blurry or you have cataracts or anastagmus, whatever, like some sort of visual impairment, you know, people, you know, suffer from that. And obviously Christ heals a lot of people with impairments. But this was different. How was this different? Exactly. 
right? So it wasn't just like he had eyes that don't work or eyes that were impaired, but that he had no eyes. Right? So he was likely just born without eyes. And it's a rare condition, but you know, we see that sometimes nowadays too. Okay? And I, I think it's called anophthalmia, if anyone's curious about what it's called. Anyways, but just keep that in mind because it's going to have a, a significant theological implication. All right, so just make a note of that and keep it in the back of your head as we continue. Right? That this guy didn't just have visually impaired eyes, but that he had no eyes. Okay? Again, that's going <clears> to <throat> carry a lot of theological weight whenever we get into the rest of this little section. All right, now, what's the disciples' focus? Yeah. Whose fault is it? Right? They're trying to investigate the reason for this. Right? And it's not like, hey, is this guy blind because of someone's sins? Is that the reason? But it was actually presumptuous. We know that it's because of someone's sins. We just need to know whose sin it was. Right? Like, was it because of his sins? Which is strange because... How is it possible for him to be born blind because of his sin unless he sinned in his womb, right? Which is, you know, a theory as well, right? Like, and a lot of people like, allude to what Jacob and Esau did whenever they were born, like how Jacob grabbed his heel and like, you know, anyways, kind of tried to overtake his brother. But, you know, that's not really plausible. So they're trying to, understand the reason, whether it's because of his sins or his parents' sins. But in any case, they're trying to investigate the cause of this illness. And they're presuming it's because of someone's sins. Now, <clears throat> what's Christ's focus? His focus is God's glory, right? Is that this is an opportunity for God to work. Right? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest in him. Like you're trying to investigate the reason and you know, why this guy has a difficult life, but what you don't see is an opportunity for God's glory. You don't see that this is an opportunity for God to work. Right? Father Lawrence Farley says, the Lord moved the whole discussion onto higher ground, from a judicial examination of causes to discerning an opportunity for healing. It's a move from Jewish territory to Christian. And like I said, the Jewish tradition was always to discern between the causes and so on. For it's characteristic of Judaism to investigate and assign blame, it's characteristic of Christianity to reach out to transform. The disciples must not look for causes as judges, but for opportunities that the works of God, those of healing, forgiveness, and newness of life, might be manifested in him. Right? And so, I just want to pause there and reflect on how this applies to us in a practical way. Because I think this easily applies to me, at least. Like, there's a problem, I'm like, first question is, why? Who can I blame? <laughs> like, whose fault is it? And 
it, it's hard to just think about well, where's God in this? What, what's God doing in this? How can God's glory reveal itself in this? Right? Or how can I find God and experience Him in this? Like, how can this be an opportunity for my transformation? Right? And I have to admit, like, one of the biggest breakthroughs in my life was <clears throat> when I worked and I had a very difficult manager. And, like, I would struggle with, like, the reason I always had, like, like a difficult manager and someone who's micromanaging and giving me a hard time. And it was like one terrible manager after another. <laughs> like, and I went from one job to the next and so on. I'm like, I can't just get a break. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out, like, why? What's wrong? And I talked to one of the servants, just kind of venting and pouring my heart out, and explained this to me. Instead of trying to investigate the reason, think about what God can do in your life through this. Like how it's possible to grow in perseverance and patience. How this can be a source of fuel for your prayers. Right? And, and totally changed my mindset. It was like a paradigm shift. And it totally changed my experience during work. And I would go, and it wasn't like, why is this happening? Why is that happening? But trying to just find God in it. And it was so much easier to find God when I just opened my eyes. And I made a deliberate effort to do that. And I think we could all relate to that. Like those opportunities whenever we change our focus from trying to investigate the reason. And then, like, number one, we don't really find the, the reason. Number two, um, even if we do, it's never really satisfactory because we end up just blaming someone else. So it never helps us until we finally just surrender and say, look, this is an opportunity for God to manifest His glory, for God to work, right? And to let God work in us through that situation, right? Now, obviously this man wasn't sinless. Even though Christ said that it wasn't that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest in him. So he's saying it's not that he sinned. But he's not saying that he's sinless. Right? Obviously no one is without sin. And I, I think it's clear in the Revised Standard Version that... You know, Christ is not implying this man is without sin. I think in the New King James, it's, it's a little harder to, to discern that. Because in the New, New King James, it says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. Right? That typically makes people stumble. But I think the Revised Standard Version is clear when it says, It's not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest. So it's redirecting their attention. Forget about... The reason? Focus on how the works of God might be manifest in him. Okay, so does that mean that this man's blindness is a punishment? No, it's not, right? And that's why he wants to make very clear. It's not about someone's sins. What's that? Not really. It could just be the consequences of his condition, right? And I think we all struggled with that at one point or another too, right? Like we go late to liturgy or something or 
we skip our Bible readings for a few days or we have an argument with someone and we say a bad word and then next day we get a flat tire and we're like, ah, oh, this is God telling me that I messed up. <laughs> this is God punishing me because I didn't go to church, because I didn't read my Bible, because, you know. And um, I think a lot of traditional attitudes imply that. Right? Whenever, like, you'll hear your parents, Shufta Rabbina, Hashem Bibtismashikalim. You know, Hashem Bibtismashikalim. Right? And it's like, it's not the way God works. God does not desire the death of a sinner, but rather that he returns and lives. Right? Doesn't desire the death of a sinner. Doesn't desire that you stumble and get hurt and to suffer. Suffering is a product of sin. It was never a part of God's intended plan. Right? But it doesn't mean God doesn't allow for those consequences to chastise us and to correct us. Right? So when we make mistakes, when we fall, when we sin, there's a punishment in the sense of a remedial consequence. Right? It's rehabilitative. So that's the way God works with us. Right? It's not like this penal consequence. It's, it's remedial. All right? Any comments or questions about that? Okay, so I think that's uh, a good place to stop. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about how this plays into their traditional understanding of sins and their ancestors and so on, which is a very interesting concept whenever you look at uh, the Judaic tradition as well. So uh, we'll get into all of that next week. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the way that he heals the blind man, which is very, very beautiful and unique and theological in, in so many ways. Any comments, questions? All right. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Let's all stand to pray. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.